Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hello I am Lauren Heath, the Empathpreneur, and I am so super excited to be sitting here with Julie. I am filling in for Josh Carey on the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Welcome, Julie. I'm so excited to be here. Let's do this. I'm especially excited to talk to someone called the Empathpreneur. (laughs) Well, I'm super excited to talk to you, and I know that we just listened to an amazing keynote speaker uh speech from claude silver and you had brought up something when we were reflecting on that um you were talking about about emotional terrorism i had never heard that phrase before it's it's because i made it up as far as i know maybe we could google it and it might have a proper definition (laughs) is that how we're starting this podcast is emotional terrorism we're we're just going in yep we're going in let's do it okay so I don't know. I guess I should just start. I started my business 16 years ago, my gyms, and I had a different business before that. And I started them because I needed it for myself and I wanted to help other people. And I've gone the wrong direction. So many times in my business, I have not charged enough. So I didn't have the resources and the time to service people in the past. You know, I was doing the group on thing. And so I call it emotional terrorism when you're a nice person living your nice life and you've never been mean to a single person. And yet somehow you're always in trouble because people always have these hidden expectations or one of my favorites is um, I had someone who uh, used to go to my gym and the complaint was she never likes my stuff on Facebook. And I was like, really, I'm in trouble for that of all things. And so I call it emotional terrorism. Like you have these hidden expectations and people are in trouble for things that like, as long as everyone's nice to each other, nobody should ever be in trouble for just living their little life. That makes so much sense to me. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for starting us off with that exciting <laughs> exciting explanation. So, okay. You kind of started talking about this. So you are the owner founder of camp rhino gyms. And I love just what I've read about you. Tell us more about your story about why you started that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I started my first little business when I was 17 and when I was 21 in 2004, now you know how old I am. Uh, I just remember my business had grown, but so had I, like I had gained 65 pounds and I just remember that I thought it was the weight causing me to be miserable in every aspect of my life. 
Later, I realized that there was a lot more to it than that. But I just remember one particular day I woke up and I didn't want to get out of bed. And that was most mornings. Didn't want to get out of bed. Just low, low, low energy. Didn't feel good inside. Knew I wouldn't have clothes to wear, you know, and I had this meeting with this client and I remember I couldn't find anything that fit. So I did the whole elastic ponytail holder around the button through the hole. Anyways, girls who have ever tried to wear pants that didn't button, they know what I'm talking about. Okay. And so my top of my skirt was unbuttoned. So I had to wear a jacket and it's in Las Vegas and it's hot. And I went to this appointment and his name was Rusi Bostanjev. And he was this like super intimidating Bulgarian guy. And I swear he knew way more than me about everything, including what I was talking about. And I just remember sitting there and just sweating because I had to wear the jacket to cover up the unbuttoned pants and just being so miserable. And just when I was driving home, I heard this commercial and the commercial said, Hey, I'm a doctor. I forget his name. I'm a doctor. Pay me $500 and I will help you lose the weight. And I was like, whoa. So I went to his office and it was in this like little house that was refurbished to be offices. And he put me on this diet and this diet was like a tiny piece of chicken breast, tiny little slice of tomato, like a couple of vegetables. Like I was starving. I was grumpy. I lost the weight, gained it back, went to another doctor who told me that I would have a hard time losing weight because I produce too much cortisol. My adrenals don't work properly. And so I just remember thinking like, I don't want to live my life this way. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is, but I can't do this anymore because I just thought that because I was overweight, that's why everything in my life was bad. My relationships, you know, everything. Like, I just even remember, you can't even enjoy the little simple things. Like, well, I couldn't. Like, just being at my family's house for dinner, on one hand, I'm thinking about mom's amazing cooking. On the other, I'm thinking about how fat I am and how I shouldn't have another fork full of food, right? So very long story short, I wanted to join the military just to do their boot camp because I'd seen people come back skinny and that's a terrible reason to join the military. So I did not do that. Okay. Um, but I was looking into options cause I knew I didn't want to limit my food intake at the time. And back in the day you had like Arnold pumping iron at the gym. You had aerobics that your mom did, which is totally cool, totally fine. But that I, I, I didn't want to do that. And then you had like Kung Fu and kickboxing where you actually had to hit each other. There wasn't group exercise. And so I started um, what is today the Camp Rhino Gyms. And it was like the first like group boot camp type of workout way back in the day. And I started it 65 pounds overweight and super uncomfortable and feeling super ridiculous, but I knew how to advertise. I knew how to print flyers because of my little business that I had. And so I made it look like a thing. And then every night I would show up, I would do the workouts with them. People would never come back because it was too hard. And because I was an overweight <laughs> fake drill instructor. <laughs> and so for the first year I had like one paying client, but that one paying client made me know that like what I was trying to do was a thing. And then I ended up losing the weight gained it back many times over the past 16 years. And then now finally, finally, I'm to the point where, okay, I know how to keep the weight off, but more importantly, the first time I lost the weight, I remember, and you probably know all about this from what you do. I lost the weight. I got what I wanted. I got the one thing that I thought was going to fix everything in my life. And then I still didn't love myself and I still mm. wasn't happy. And I, and so that, so that has been a 16 year journey. And now I'm finally at the point where I'm like, okay, 
I feel like I have the answers, you know, and I've had 40,000 people come through my gyms, which has been really helpful to see their journeys. And yeah, so that's kind of me. That was a little long. (laughs) 40,000 people just need to like soak that in for a minute. That is a fantastic, that is incredible. So one thing I love that you said is that you said you started your gym when you were overweight or figuring it out. So you started before you were ready, but you still did it. And it sounds like you started kind of almost for accountability for yourself in a way? Yes, yes, I, there were exercise programs, okay, back in the day. And that was my excuse, like, oh, I don't like any of them, so I'm gonna start my own. But really, I knew I wasn't gonna show up, you know? And so if I was the instructor and I made the rule, for the first 10 years of my business, the instructors did the workouts with the clients. And that's that's not the right way to do things. We don't do that anymore. Now the coach is coach, right? But I made that silly little rule because I knew that I wouldn't work out. I don't like working out. I knew I wasn't going to do the workouts unless I did it with them. So, but we advertised it properly. It's, it was follow the leader style, like do what the coach is doing. And uh, yeah, I did that. So I would have to show up and I would have to do the workout with them. I love that. It sounds like what you built is not just a place for people to come work out and lose the weight, but almost like a, a community where people can like look forward to having other people come that are going through this journey with them, which is so beautiful. I know that's half the battle is like doing it yourself, but to have the support around you built in, like that's amazing. That's what I was like looking for. And now we call ourselves the Rhino family. Did you know a, a group of rhinos is called a crash? So crash of rhinos. Yeah. And we identify as rhinos. We do one, two, three rhino tough. Like we put our hands in at the end of, of workouts and we do events together and we cheer for each other and we're absolutely ridiculous and we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're very welcoming, very inclusive. Like we just love on new people. And now I have an online program that I had to start during coronavirus. So my business made it through the first recession of 2008. Okay. And to have this pandemic shut my gyms down for like 79 days, it forced me to go online, which I had always resisted. And so now I'm so thankful because now I get to lead a little online crash of rhinos. And that's so much fun. I love that. A crash of rhinos. Wait, so I'm so curious, you know, when the gyms first shut down, like how did your, you know, people in your group, how did they take that? Our group is freaking phenomenal. Okay. We didn't, you remember the first shutdown, we didn't know what was going to happen. All of a sudden the grocery stores had no toilet paper. Like that's all we knew. So the rhinos started like food drives and like supply drives, diaper drives and bringing them to camp rhino for people to pick up. And we just like, put out this thing. If anyone loses their job, if anyone needs anything. And I had so many people wanting to like help. And honestly, like at the time, like we, none of us knew it was going to happen, but nobody really needed any help. But every single one of them was like ready to help some, you know, somewhere or, or something. And so recently even like my rhinos always reach out to me at like randomly and they'll say, Hey, do you know anyone that needs help? And I usually do like people locally in town. That's how they are. They're just always helpful. And so we'll help people outside of Rhino. We do fundraisers. Um, We did two fundraisers during the shutdowns for other local businesses. And because I was like, I I got my SBA loan, you know, we'll be okay. And then we didn't know how long it was going to last. And so now we're doing fundraisers 
for my gym, but it's a little bit different. We're doing them for the Rhino Scholarship is what we're calling it. So people who can't afford to come because they lost their jobs due to COVID. I'm hosting outdoor safe, socially distant workouts and people are like fundraising for their fellow rhinos so everyone can keep going and it supports the gym. And it's just a beautiful community. I freaking love every single one of their little faces. Just want to squeeze them all. <laughs> I love it. it. It really sounds like you've built like this little ecosystem or not little. It sounds like this big ecosystem rather of just people who are not wanting to better themselves, but are wanting to you know, better the people around them? Because I think we all know, right? Like we rise by lifting others. So it sounds like everyone really embodies that in your, in your ecosystem, which is beautiful. Yeah. I, I am just so fortunate. I, I like they, my coaches, they all care. That's why they're doing their jobs. Right. And it just trickles down and everybody feels loved and everybody feels cared about from the second they walk through the door. When you walk through the door on the wall, on one side, it says all the warm and fuzzy stuff. We're a family. We love each other. We have each other's back. On the other side, it says no whining, no <laughs> egos, no bullying, no negativity. Like, and then it says at the bottom, anyone who like doesn't follow the rules is going to be asked to, to speak to the owner. And I have been punched in the face having those com conversations. Like I've been punched in the face more than any other person who tries to be nice that I know, honestly. Are you, you've actually literally been punched in the face. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Can we just, I, I, can you just explain? I'm just uh, dying to know now. More than once, but I will tell you the story about the most recent one. And it was a girl who she was just really being disrespectful to her fellow classmates and to the coach. And the coach comes to me and he's like, Hey, you know, can you just, can you, you know, help her out? And so I go up to her and I always use the same voice. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I, I heard you're having some problems immediately. She was like, you know, the coach is this and the, you know, she just immediately. And I'm like, Hey, you know, it sounds like you're not happy. Let me give you your money back and I'll help you find somewhere that you'll be more happy because you're not happy here. And, and she's like, I'm not leaving. And I'm like, Oh no. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to call the police and they're going to help you leave. And she said, my dad's a cop. And I'm like, good, he can come get you. And so I'm on the phone with the police and I'm waiting for her to get her stuff. And as she's leaving, she just punches me across the face. And it was the first day of our new location, crazy stressful time, hadn't slept. My brothers were building a shelf. It's a family business. They're building a shelf like it was like at least a hundred feet away and they one dropped the shelf on the other and sprinted over. It's just this crazy thing. Oh my gosh. That doesn't sound like there are many dull moments over there at Camp Rhino. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's kind of a funny story now. Like at the time it wasn't, but um, now it's just kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Jerry Julie got punched in the face and be like, what? <laughs> Literally fought for this business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I know, you know, from reading about you that, you know, you're really dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and professionals lose the weight, which is great and rhymes. What I'm wondering is, you know, why entrepreneurs and professionals? I know there's so many different people who, you know, really want to lose weight or to feel more healthy and happy, you know, so why those specific people? I just wanted to help the people who are trying to support other people and they're trying to make a difference and they're trying to make an impact. And so it wouldn't just be working professionals and entrepreneurs, 
but I looked at my gym and I looked at the majority of the people who go there and I was like, wow, you know, we have a lot of this demographic. And I was like, just thinking about the entrepreneurs that I know who are really have, they have a heart centered purpose and, and they're trying to make a difference in the world. And I know for me personally, when I haven't taken care of myself in the past, my ability to help others was really uh, like just a lot less, not only my ability to help others, but when, when we don't put the self-care first, when we're not feeding our body and I will never ask anybody to stop doing anything. If you want to eat cookies, eat cookies, but I'm going to add you to ask you to add some beautiful things to your life. They're going to help you feel better. Right. And if you're not like taking care of yourself, that's when you not only don't have the energy to like go and, and, and do the things you need to do, but also when you're not loving yourself, then it's harder to love other people and everything becomes a lot more transactional. And it's just crazy. Like self-love and taking care of herself is the last thing most entrepreneurs want to do myself included. Like we put ourselves last all the time, but when we actually take the time for self-care, that's when all of a sudden we love ourselves. And then we love random people in the grocery store. And we're just so happy. The sun's out and everything is more beautiful. And we treat our employees better and everything is just better. And I actually came full circle. I went and often became a business mentor for a year and I came back to helping people with their self-care and their health and their fitness and weight loss because I interviewed 27 successful people like for a summit. And every single one of them said that taking care of themselves and working out and eating healthy was the number one driver for success in their business. And I was like, okay, I need to stay in my lane. There are plenty of amazing business mentors out there. Let them do the business mentoring. And I need to go back to doing what I do best. I love that. I love that you, you know, acknowledge your strengths and what you're passionate about. You thought you wanted to go in a different direction. And then you were like, you know what? This actually makes more sense. I think that's really, really great that you allowed yourself the freedom and flexibility to try something new. And then we're humble enough to say, you know what? I think this is what I'm best at. <laughs> I, I have a little mantra and it's choosing is not quitting because mm. for most of my life I identified as like, I am, I am Julie, I am not a quitter. And I will, to my own detriment, see things to the bitter end relationships, for example. Now I'm in a great one, but in the past I would stay way too long. Right. And in business relationships, I'm talking about all kinds of relationships and like carrying that mantra, choosing is not quitting like choosing a different path, choosing to serve in a different way, that is not being a quitter. And it helps me so that I don't think of myself as a quitter. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that makes so much sense. And you're definitely not alone in that. I think with the pandemic, you know, I know I personally can relate to that. And that's something that I was struggling with for a while. You know, these past couple of months, I ended up closing down my, my pet care business and, you know, going head first and all in on, on my new business. And for a little while I had that voice in my head where I was just like, okay, you know, I'm quitting. I've been doing this for seven and a half years. And then I was like, no, I, I know that I'm meant to serve in a different way and I've been wanting to do this. So now this is the time. So I like how you, you kind of put that. It's like, in a way you're just kind of recommitting, you're recommitting to something else that you feel like will be able to better serve yourself and also the other people around you. Yes, exactly. You know, I have attached pride to things way too many times. And, and luckily I, I make a joke that now I've lost all my pride. There's just none left. I've done so many <laughs> stupid things. I've lost so much money, 
on ridiculous things. I, I decided before Tough Mudder and Spartan were a thing, we put on a hundred obstacle obstacle course in the middle of the desert and I didn't market it properly and it was way too hard. And I lost $69,000 that I didn't have and went into like, just, I have so many, that's like one of many stories though. Cause I get excited about things and I go for them. And then it's like, that was not very smart. So I think separating pride from decisions is so important. Like what is the best thing for my purpose and for my why? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we um, get into programs and it's a matter of pride. There are some programs out there where if you stay in the program and you keep paying for this program, then you're not a quitter. And, you know, everyone who quit the program, they're quitters and they didn't have what it takes to make it. No, they chose, they chose something else. And another thing, if there's new entrepreneurs out there, it's okay to go for entrepreneurship and then choose a nine to five because it gives you more time with your family that is not freaking quitting. I could get on a soapbox about that all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of reasons why people go to entrepreneurship in the first place is so that they have more time to spend with their family. And then I think people quickly realize, oh, it's not always like that in the beginning and maybe down the, you know, the road, unless you have a team and all these other things in place. So I, I really appreciate that you said that. I think that's really important. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. And then there's that tipping point where we hire people to help us. And then things like a pandemic happen. And then we're like, I need to make enough money to make sure they can feed their families. And then it gets, you know, then, then like, we just heard about Gary V and how much he works. And I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. So that was something I definitely want to touch on with you. So you have three gyms and 21 employees. Yeah. How, how did that happen? That's amazing. Well, it started with just me and then people wanted classes on the other side of town. And so I, um, actually dragged my brothers when they were just teenagers and I dragged them out and had them start coaching when they were teenagers. There's a picture of my brother, John in the newspaper. And he's just, so two of us have the gain weight gene in the family. And then two of us are naturally skinny. So he's one of the naturally skinny ones. And he's just this skinny little kid leading this class. And he's in the newspaper and looking back, I'm like, Oh my goodness, they were just little kids, but they're amazing. And so I have two brothers who have been with me for over a decade now. And I have a cousin who's been with me for a decade and I couldn't do it without them because one of my gyms is a Ninja Warrior gym. I don't, I can't build Ninja Warrior obstacles. Yeah. And so they're like, they're the core of it. And my brothers just recently started managing 
the gyms. So I was kind of always the leader and then we would have admin people at the gyms. So they've become full on managers and you know, you're the, the empathpreneur and what they've been learning about leadership and management and how to ask questions and sort of tell people what to do. They're just so open. And so they're such amazing leaders. So I couldn't do it without them for sure. That's so beautiful. I love that you've brought your family into it. And like you said, it's a family business now and that's incredible. So tell me more about what it was like to kind of let go of the reins um, and to really kind of let your brothers and other members of your teams kind of take over and have you kind of be the one that's overseeing things. What was that like for you? Well, I, I have to start with what it was like before I did that. So I used to teach a bunch of classes and I would run everything. Um, my brother started doing the phones quite a few years ago, but there was a while where I was doing the phones, I was trying to figure out taxes, like absolutely doing it all. And then because I was doing everything, I would make very poor hiring decisions. And it wasn't that they weren't good hires. It was that I didn't take the time to properly train them. So there are a lot of like miscommunications in my past that I just really regret now. Like, you know, just growing. We, I've always been kind of chasing my business. I've had bad dreams where my business is like this giant rumbling thing with things falling off of it. And I'm just behind it, like just trying to keep up. <laughs> it's it's better now. So Rhino um, chasing you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. But there was this pivotal point where I started reading business books. So I started my first business at 17, never read a business book until like 32 years old. So I started reading business books and I was like, okay, right people in the right seats. Like I started learning all of these things and learning how to be a leader and learning how to actually run a business. And I pulled myself out of coaching and replaced myself with amazing, amazing coaches. And then the management side of it, um, there is everything just runs better when I am not in the, in the day to day. Like I still work on a lot of stuff every day. Um, I'm the one responsible. Like, so when, <laughs> when COVID hit, I'm the one that's like, okay, Julie, we're going to, you know, we're going to run out of money. What do we do? Like, <laughs> unfortunately that that's what I have to take care of is like, how do we stay afloat? What's the future going to look like? Um, but yeah, my business runs so much better, but that, that was a, a good six year transition, five, six year transition. It seems like once you had that realization that, oh, I need to, uh, it, it seems like you had the realization of, of, you know, filling up your cup when it comes to your health. But it seems like when you started to fill the cup of mindset and personal growth in regards to business and how you can kind of develop yourself as a leader, that's when it seems like the shift started to really happen. Yeah, I've always cared, but I didn't know how to care. Like I would always treat everybody how I would want to be treated and how I would want to be treated is I want everybody to be nice to me all the time and leave me alone. Besides that people don't want to be left alone. They want to be talked to. They want to be, and I try not to put myself in a box. So I don't, I, you know, characterize myself as any particular thing, but other people don't want to be left alone. They want to be noticed. They want to be asked questions. They want to be seen. And so that was a big, big learning curve for me. Big learning curve. That's huge. And now you have three gyms and you've created again, this like community, this ecosystem where people are literally creating food drives and doing all these things to help others. So it sounds like 
you've just come so far with that. I, I'm, it's such a beautiful thing. You've clearly created an incredibly beautiful business. Thank you. I, I love it. And again, it would be nothing without my team and without, we've had members that have been coming over 10 years. And like, I just look at them whenever things get a little dicey and whenever, like when, you know, cause I still get affected. I get, I still get affected by single people. I asked the five people closest to me what my biggest weaknesses were. And I said, you need to tell me what they are. Like, I need to know. That's a Hal, Hal Elrod thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And they all told me that one single person being upset at me or one single person saying something will make me throw everything out the window, do anything to please them and make them happy. And that I need to have more of a bigger vision and not just because now everything's bigger than me. So me going off in a direction because of something one person said is really bad for the business. Like we need to be more methodical, research, you know, do a bigger survey. So that was kind of cool. That makes so much sense. I love that you took the time to ask the people around you and also that they were, you know, their relationships are strong enough to be like, okay, Julie, here's where, here's where you can do some growing. (laughs) Yeah. And I also relate to that as well. So I'm, I'm really curious, Julie, what do you want your legacy to look like? Like, what do you see things looking like down the road for you? So I don't really care what happens after I die for me personally, but I am really, really, really trying to help parents learn how to love themselves and transfer that love down to their kids, to have bosses, to have co-workers love themselves and transfer that love to everybody around them. And most people have good intentions. I, I mean, I feel like everyone I meet has good intentions. Even the girl that punched me in the face, I'm sure she didn't mean to, right? But, <laughs> but, but, but um, sometimes, you know, we want to fix other people. And the way that we think we should fix other people is by like telling them, you know, what's what or telling them the truth. And and the way that comes out sometimes is by mothers telling their daughters, listen, if you um, are skinny, you'll get, you'll get further in life. Like I've heard my own mom was great. That never happened to me, but with so many clients, I've talked to most of our clients one-on-one at one point or another. And I used to have happiness meetings where they would come into my office and we would talk about happiness and I would have these young girls crying in my office and I would ask them why they wanted to lose weight. And then I would ask them why again and why and why and why, like, what's your big, why, what's your big purpose? And it, and they would say, well, you know, my mom said that I would be pretty if only I was skinny. And if I'm pretty, then I can get further in life. I can get a better job. I can get a better match. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's not the, it's not the mother's fault. You know, like they, they're just doing what they think they need to do to help their daughters get further in life. It's not, it's, you know, they're, they're just, they're just trying. It's, it's kind of like, there's a lot of other things like religion that are passed down because parents want their kids to have a better life. And so I am, I want to try my absolute best to just tell, first of all, the mothers, the coworkers, the bosses, it's okay. Anything you've done in the past, it's done. Don't worry about it. But let's, and give yourself some grace. None of us know how we're supposed to be. We don't know till life is over how we were supposed to be. Like it's the hindsight thing, right? But moving forward, everybody can be however they are. Like as long as they're healthy and as long as they feel good, 
they are perfectly lovable, perfectly worthy, just how they are. Even if they're not healthy, they're lovely, you know, they're, they're worthy, but we, but if we just care and we want people to be the best version of themselves, let's encourage health and let's encourage adding things to their lives, not saying you can't have sugar anymore. You can't have this anymore. You need to be perfect. Instead, what can we add? What's a, and that's my Rhino 11 online program. We add little baby, tiny doable habits, one per week. And then we celebrate the heck out of those habits. And then the celebration makes more motivation. And when we have more motivation, then we get to the bigger challenges and the bigger challenges and the bigger challenges. And then all of a sudden we are tracking and doing all these higher level things for weight loss and, and for health in general. But we just have to encourage each other. Like, what's one thing that you can do that you choose? Not that I put on you. Like, don't listen to me. We, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the big lies, I think, that tactics or teaching or telling somebody to do something is going to help them. We have to get to their why and we have to ask them, you know, what's the next step you can do? And then once they get that motivation and they get momentum, then we can be in a place to make big giant things happen. But we can't start out with, here's your perfect roadmap. And if you don't follow it, you're a loser and a failure. Like that doesn't help in business. It doesn't help personally. It doesn't help anybody. And so I guess that's the message I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying really hard. It's beautiful. It sounds like you've really just taken self-love and, and empathy and really infused that into your programs, the online program with the habits and, and the community that you built in, it built in the gyms, which is funny because I'm comparing it to what you were saying in the very beginning when you said you were more like a drill instructor, like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what needs to happen. And you said you had one client and now here you are, you know, three gyms, 21 employees and helping a ton of people because you've infused love and, and just helping people with these small steps and making it feel more attainable for them. Yeah. And that trust, I actually sent out an email titled, I'm sorry to 20,000 people. This was quite a few years ago. And I sent out that email because I said, I am so sorry that like, and I advertised the program as it was. I said, we are the toughest fitness program out there. And we're not anymore. Now we're all about sunshine and rainbows and let's get you to your goals. Right. But back then we were horribly tough. The class started. I wouldn't even introduce myself to individual people. I would state the rules. No whining, no walking, go to the bathroom and get water. Anytime you want, just run there, work as hard as you can, as long as you can, as long as you're miserable, I'm happy. Like, that's what I would say with my little whistle and my little hat. Right. And, um, and I mean, it was advertised that way. Like it was like boot camp for civilians, right? And so that email just basically said, I'm sorry that I didn't ask you what you wanted. I didn't ask you why. I'm sorry that I just mm-hmm. threw you into something and you trusted me as a fitness professional, as an expert to get you to where you wanted to go. And a lot of people did get help, strangely enough. A lot of people like to this day still rave about the program and that was exactly what they needed, which is fine. But most of us, we're not at that place. We need an expert or a professional to gently lead us with small, manageable goals. And then one day we can get to those bigger challenges and bigger goals, you know, once we've been eased into it, if any of that makes any sense at all. Well, that makes so much sense. And I love that you literally apologized to 20,000 people. So I'm really curious to know, what was their reaction to that? Did you get responses and people like acknowledging it? So many, I couldn't read them all of people reassuring me saying it wasn't that bad. I got a little help. You changed my life. There was a couple that said, yeah, I never came back after the first day. 
And but they also said that's how you advertised it. It was exactly as advertised. But see, I still take responsibility because I'm I'm the professional, right? Like I'm the, I'm the expert who's supposed to help them with weight loss. And you know, so I'm supposed to know that the first step is not to be super strict and hardcore and torture them. The first step is a conversation. So at my gyms and for my online program, that's available to anyone. A free first step. Like, let's talk. Talk about you. Let's talk about what you need. I love that. That is not, not many people I think would do what you did, which was basically say, Hey, what I did maybe wasn't the best way I've learned. And this is what I think now, like that is, that requires so much strength and humility. I feel like I should do it every year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's 2020. (laughs) There's always always something that I knew that the next year I'm like, Oh, Julie, why didn't you have a little more personal growth in that moment? You know, but you know, I think I'm always nice though, just for the record. I'm always nice, but I, I do some stupid things. I, I think we all do. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? Is that, you know, oftentimes we're figuring it out as we go and it's about how we reflect and we learn and we kind of change and grow and adapt from the things that we learn. And I think it's just, it says so much about you as a person, um, a coach or a business owner, a leader, uh, you know, that you have taken these things in stride and really just made beautiful, positive changes. And I, I, I'm still stuck on that, that you apologize to 20,000 people. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Well, I have a workout fundraiser this Saturday and I'm going to be seeing some of those people from like years and years ago because my mom has been in our programs for years and years and years and years. And so she was like, she knew a lot of them from back in the day. And she still meets a lot of them at 5 a.m. by where she lives. And so she's bringing some of them this Saturday. So I'll get to see them and talk to them. And I like whenever someone like in the grocery store says, oh, my God, I know you. I went to your program, which says Vegas is a small town. I'm always like, which one is a bad thing? Like, are you okay? Have you recovered? That is too funny. I, I have a feeling that there's my cat. I have a feeling that you will be surprised at how many people will just acknowledge the growth that you've made and then also acknowledge the growth that they've had. And I think it's also something that you said is it sounds like for some people, like the scary boot camp was what they needed. So it was, it was what I needed. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, but a lot of times we don't know what we need, you know, and, and it's one of the the problems that I have with a lot of the marketing that's out there today is we're taking people's pain points and their problems and we're using it against them. And by we I actually don't mean me in this instance, <laughs> but their pain points and their problems are literally used against them. And they are offered some quick fix that might help temporarily. But then if it doesn't help them long-term, they literally feel like it was their fault, not the product's fault, not the service's fault, that it didn't work long-term. And that just makes me so sad. So I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Well, I think it just goes back to the fact that, you know, with you and your business, and I think it sounds like your legacy, what you're really hoping to achieve and 
accomplish is to help people reach happiness. And so I, I just think that, you know, that's beautiful. And I know that's something that I've struggled with too, is, you know, talking to people's pain points, because I think there's a line, there's a way in which you could do it in an authentic way. That's like, Hey, like, I know you're struggling with this because I've been there too. I've been in your shoes to using it in a sleazy kind of sales, you know, in a bad way, you know, not sales aren't necessarily bad, but, you know, using it in a way that is not maybe trying to get to that same goal. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes what we have to provide them, you know, is the answer, you know, like, you know, companies, people, and it's life changing. And, but I, I like, I like the mentality of I'm going to be out there in the world. I'm going to be on podcasts. I'm going to be making videos. I'm going to be speaking to you. And when you're ready, I'm here. When you're ready, not when I've forced you into something, but you've seen it with your family, you've seen it with, with your friends. It's like, you can tell somebody about a great program to help them lose weight, but they have to be ready. They have to be ready. And so I'm just going to be here when people are ready. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause how many times have you heard the same thing said over and over and over by the same person or a different person? But then, you know, three years later, once you've had whatever going on in your life, you're now open and more available. And yeah, then it just kind of something clicks and there's a shift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We never know where people are at in their lives. And so it's not a matter of if a lot of times it's just a matter of when, especially if they're still somehow listening to what I'm saying, people tell me all the time they watch my videos. I'm like, you do. I didn't know anyone besides mom was, you know, it was great. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I mean, again, I think that just kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, your goal is to help people be not just healthy, but happy. So it sounds like you've done a really beautiful job with that in your business, you know, and along the way and it's growth, even when you were, you know, a a boot camp drill instructor, (laughs) I think you still had that, that goal of wanting to help people. It doesn't sound like that's ever have changed. So I think that you're just amazing and what you've built is incredible and you should be so, so proud of yourself. Well, thank you so much. You know, our, our mantra that every single one of our staff members can recite to you immediately is we want to help our rhinos be happy and healthy. Like that's it. And so I didn't even say that. And you somehow surmised that because being healthy and looking a certain way, but still not being happy on the inside, it it still stinks just as bad. I've been there. (laughs) So, and I think that's why so many of our members want to help each other is because I think they know that the true secret to happiness is taking care of ourselves, making sure we have the, the clarity, the space to be there for other people. And then when we can be there for other people, then it's like, ah, like everything's just beautiful. Everything just falls into place. Yes. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Julie, for taking the time to be here on the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Again, it's just been such a pleasure to talk with you. Where can we find you on social media? Oh man, I'm Rhino Julie everywhere. Rhino like the animal. And I would really love to just extend the invitation that if anybody wants to join my little cute little online tribe, it's rhino11.com. And the first week is free for people to try because I like to make sure it's a good fit. So you're so sweet. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for your time. Bye everyone. You've got this Rhino Tough. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.